Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I was on a plane Friday on my way home from a pastor's conference. And I'll tell you, my faith is never more active than when I board that plane. I don't know about you, but when I sit down, that plane begins to take off. I, I, I start speaking in tongues. I mean, it's, it's unreal. I get a prayer life. I mean, I can pray for hours. It's unreal how long I can pray when I'm on a flight. But it takes faith to get on that flight. You're putting faith in the pilot. Do you know he's not using drugs? Do you know he's not drunk flying you around the country? No, you don't. So it takes faith. Everyone has natural faith. And then the Bible talks about saving faith, saving faith. Well, that's found in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, this faith allows you to get saved. So there's natural faith and there's saving faith. And then I failed to tell you a couple of weeks ago, there's one other faith I should bring to your attention. It's called demon faith. Demon faith? What's that, Rodney? Demon faith is to know and believe the right things, but fail to act on it. That's demonic faith. To know and believe the right things, but you fail to act on it. Well, James chapter 2 verse 19 says it like this. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. You see, demons have faith. Demons know that Jesus is God. They know that Jesus actually died and physically rose from the dead. They know that Jesus died for the sins of the world and they are smarter than people because they tremble. Demons are smart. They know that Jesus is coming soon. They know that the end of all things is near and they tremble. People, we don't. Demon faith is to know and to believe the right things but to fail to act on it. And many people know and believe the right things. Many people were brought up in church all their lives. They know and they believe the right things, but they fail to act on it. And so the Bible says that's demon faith. Demons have it all figured out. Sad, but Christians don't. Sad, even many pastors don't. But demons have it all figured out. To know and to believe the right things, but to act, but to fail to act on them is demonic faith. Now, the Bible's talking about here in our text, the gift of faith, supernatural or spiritual faith. Now, this whole subject of faith, as you well know, of course we all know, this whole subject of faith in the church today is hot topic. Have you noticed? 
Faith is a hot topic. As a matter of fact, there are many who have built the whole movement out of this whole concept of faith. They call it the faith movement. And many in that circle of the faith movement would tell you or try to teach you that you need to have great faith. And if you have great faith, you can do or you can have whatever it is that you are able to have the faith for. That's the core of the faith movement. You need to have great faith, they teach. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you a little secret, okay? Tell you a little secret if you promise to tell everyone you know, okay? A little secret. The Bible does not teach that you need to have great faith. Did you know that? The Bible does not teach that you need to have great faith. As a matter of fact, on the contrary, the Bible teaches all you need is a little faith. Well, Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus said, if you have faith, what does it say, y'all? As a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, we all know that the mustard seed is the smallest of herb. And so Jesus says, look, you don't need to have great faith. You don't need to have huge faith. You don't need to have humongous faith in order to move a mountain. He says you need to have a little faith the size of a grain of a mustard seed. And you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and it shall be. For nothing shall be impossible to those who have a little faith. Now, what are you saying, Rodney? I'm simply saying this. That if you have a little faith, just a little, and you take that little mustard seed faith and you put your faith in the giver of faith, Jesus Christ, you can say that this mountain be removed and nothing will be impossible. Why? Because you're putting your faith not in a what, but in a who. And David said it like this on Wednesday night. Pastor David, he said it like this on, on Wednesday night Bible study. He said, talking about faith and forgiveness. He said, it's about putting your faith in who, not what. It's about who. So if I'm taking my little bit of faith and I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ, then I can say to this mountain, whatever your mountain is. What is your mountain? What is your mountain? Oh, Rodney, you don't understand. My marriage is my mountain. God says if you have a little faith, that mountain shall be removed. That that doesn't mean he's going to leave the house, okay? All right, y'all with me on this? Amen if you're with me. Okay, all right. (laughs) I mean that. It just means that God is going to take care and fix your situation. My kids, my job, drugs, sexual issues. Whatever your mountain is, Jesus says, if you have the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, not great faith, not huge faith, not enormous faith, but just a little, and you take that little bit of faith, listen, listen, you take that little bit of faith and you put that faith in Jesus Christ, God will move on your behalf. And it's not, and then it's not about you. It's not about the faith that you have. Because look, look, we're, we're all losers. 
I'm trying to build you up here and send you off blessed, okay? <laughs> You're a loser, okay? We're all losers, okay? But God has taken this loser, Rodney. He's taken ashes and made something beautiful out of it. Now, because I hide myself in him, now I am what I am because of Christ. And Paul said it like this, for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. Whatever I am or whatever I'm not, it is, uh, is the Lord. So we're losers. We don't, we, we're not as much as we think we are. We think we're all that. We're not. We're not. But, 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 but you can be all that God has called you to be as you trust him, as you put your faith and your trust in him. And then it becomes about him. And it's not about your great faith. Because people have great faith and they find themselves disappointed and frustrated. Why? Because it's not about their faith. It's not about what you can do. It's about God, what God wants to do. It's, it's about what God wants to do. You understand? And, and if you just put your faith in him, it's not that hard. And when someone's teaching that you need to have huge faith and you could be healed or huge faith and you could be prosperous or you could have fill in the blank, what they're telling you and what they're teaching you is to put your faith in your faith. To believe in your faith like a magic cosmic force that you stir up. And if you have enough of it, you can cause things to happen. And we need to put our faith not in our faith. We need to put our faith in God. Because it was Jesus who said in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, he said it simply like this. Have faith in God. Not faith in yourself. But faith in God. Now, one of the clearest pictures of supernatural faith is found in Daniel chapter 3. You know the story. Don't turn there. I'll tell you the story. Daniel chapter 3. Awesome story. You remember the three friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these boys were serving King Nebuchadnezzar in the court. A friend of mine, John Corson, he says it like this. They were serving your nebbiness. The king, your nebbiness. And one day, Nebuchadnezzar, you know the story. He built this solid gold image of himself. And when the music played, everyone was commanded to fall down and worship before the image. And then one day the music played and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't fall down and worship. The king heard about it. He got upset and he gave them another opportunity to obey. And he said, if you don't worship, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. Well, notice their response in verse 16 of chapter 3 of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they answered and said to the king, O King Nebi, we have no answer, no need to answer you in this matter. If that's the case, O our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Now, listen, the king was the most powerful man on the earth at that time. And this is what they say to him. You talk about supernatural faith. They say, king, listen, we're not going to even dignify your comment with a response. But just this. Our God is able to deliver us from your hand. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is supernatural faith. How could they do that? How could they say that? Because they believed in God and they knew that God would deliver them from the fire. And then notice what they say. They continue on in verse 18. Here it is, supernatural faith in three words. But if not. That's supernatural faith. 
They said, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. You see, these boys weren't putting faith in their faith or faith in their ability to manipulate God and manipulate the circumstances. They knew that God could, and they left it up to God completely, sovereignly left it up to God. This is true supernatural faith. Fast forward, New Testament, Matthew chapter 8. Here's a great story. A centurion came to Jesus to tell him that he had a servant that he loved, and the servant was sick and tormented. And Jesus said, well, I'll come over to your house and heal him. And the centurion said, no, Lord, you don't need to come. I know how authority works. I know who you are. I know what you can do. And if you just say the word, I know he'll be healed. And Jesus said, aha, I haven't found this kind of faith in all of Jerusalem. And the servant was healed in that hour. Supernatural faith. You see, his faith wasn't in himself. His faith was in Jesus. Who? You see? Supernatural faith woven all through the Bible, in the life of Jonathan, in the life of David. I mean, think about it. David, supernatural faith. David goes out to fight against Goliath with a sling and five smooth stones. Hello, what was he thinking? (laughs) Goliath would just like squish him like an ant if he wanted to. And David goes out, this little small little kid, and he's got a sling and five smooth stones. He's like, and he, you know, David didn't say, I come to you in my name. Goliath would have said, boop. David, I'm coming back to you in my name. No, he didn't do that. He said, I come to you, what? In the name of the Lord. You see? Supernatural faith woven all through the Bible in all of these cases, in your case and in my case, the circumstance isn't the issue. It's who God is. You see? Amen, saints? It's who God is. Well, our next one, and we'll close with this one pretty quickly. The next gift, notice in your Bibles, talking about the gift of healing or the gifts of healing. Now, you got to see this. Look in your Bibles again really quick. Look in your Bibles. Notice the gifts of healing. You see that plural? It says the gifts with an S of healings in verse 9. You see that? Now, what does this mean? Well, in the original language, in the original text, the gifts of healing, get this, could refer to the person who has the ability to bring the healing to others, or it could refer to the healings that a person receives. It could refer to the person who is bringing that supernatural healing, or it could refer to the person who is receiving the healing. Now, I think the gift of healing is healing that comes as a gift from God, whether it be supernatural or through a human agent. Whether it's just supernatural or through a human agent. In other words, if you're sick and God supernaturally heals you, you receive gifts of healing. And sometimes God imparts healings through a human agent. But no matter how you're healed, all healing comes from God. Our God is a God who heals. Amen? Now, we don't have time to look at it this afternoon, but look this up in your own time, would you? 
The Old Testament reveals God in many, many ways. Look this verse up. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Look this up in your own time. At the end of Exodus 15, 26, it says, For I am the Lord who heals you. Now, in the Old Testament, there are many names for God, as you well know. Several names. Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord send peace. And Jehovah Tesitkanu, which means the Lord our righteousness. And in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord who heals you is Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals you. Now the Bible promises healing to God's people. Psalm 103 Bless the Lord, O my soul. As a matter of fact, read it with me, would you? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. God promises healing to his people. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Fast forward to the New Testament. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 18. The Bible says, you'll go out and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You see, there are many, many verses that promises God's healing upon his people. But let me say, I do believe in supernatural healing. I do believe in supernatural healing, although I do not believe that God is obligated to supernaturally heal anyone because they tell him to. Amen. God heals people as he chooses. So I believe that God supernaturally heals people. As a matter of fact, a couple of Wednesdays ago, I'm standing right over here next to, on, the, on the end of the pulpit here, just sitting there. And a brother comes up to me and he says, he says, Pastor, he says, you got, you got to pray for me. You got to pray for me. I got really, my back is killing me. I got really bad back problems. You got to pray for me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll pray for you, man, because I can relate. You guys know. I got bad back problems. I'm king back problem. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm like, oh, man, let me pray for you. I know how you feel. So, I, you know, I lay hands on him. And, you know, I got the anointing oil because the Bible says if you're sick, come to the elders, get the anointing oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And so I got faith, and I'm laying hands on him, praying for him to, that he would be healed. And at the end of the prayer, we said, amen. And we continued to talk. And while we were talking, right in the middle of talking, he says, oh, pastor. He goes, I'm healed. He says, Man, the pain is gone. It's gone. I've been healed. And I said, are you sure? Because, <laughs> you know, you really don't expect God to heal people when you pray. Come on, y'all. Y'all in church. Don't lie. You know when you pray, you don't expect God to do it. You just got to do it because that's what you're supposed to do. But, you know, he said, oh, I'm healed. I'm healed. And he's going, look, look, look. And he started doing a Macarena. And he's doing, you know, doing like this here. And he's going, look at me, man. Look. And I'm going, great, man. Great. And I'm thinking. And then I started to think, you know, these hands are anointed. And then I'm trying to rehearse how I did it. I got to remember now, 
because I got to keep it so the next time, you know, okay, how did you do it? Okay, all right, let me see. You with the left hand on the left shoulder and then the right hand right about there. Close the right eye, then the left eye. One step forward and pray. What did I say? Exactly the words. Why? Because we want to formulize. We want to formulize because we got to get it in a little nice little package formula so we can do it the next time. You see, the Lord doesn't heal people the same way all the time because God is sovereign. God does whatever he chooses and heals people in all different kinds of ways. One story particularly I think of is the blind man. You know that story. Jesus healed this guy. He spit in the dirt. Now, someone once said, good thing the blind man was blind. I mean, Jesus goes, he thinks that the blind man's going, what is going on? What is going on? Hello, Jesus. What's going on? Oh, oh, oh. Jesus reaches down. He takes his dirt. He mixes it all together, pops it in the guy's eye. The guy goes, oh, I see men as trees. I see men as trees. And the Lord healed another guy a totally different way. And he healed another person a totally different way. The Lord heals people the way he chooses. This is why I struggle with people who gather at, you know, Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when the you know, lights are going and the cameras are rolling and God's going to bring about a healing. And all the people gather together and then, you know, it's the same thing. You walk up, you look at them and you blow on them or you shake your coat at them or you hit them in the forehead. I mean, somebody knock you out, you fall down too, you know? And, 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 and it's, it's, it's rote, it's rote. It's over and over and over again. Same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. Listen, the Bible doesn't teach that. Now, I don't disavow or disannul their a true healing. If God chooses to do it, then that is just fine. But, and he can do it then don't misunderstand me. But it is difficult to believe in the biblical context that God does it the same way every time because he doesn't because God doesn't want you to formalize something that only he can do. Amen? Gosh, I don't have enough time to go over everything, but just understand something. God heals people. I believe God heals people. But I believe it is God's perfect sovereign will to heal people. And he doesn't heal everyone just because they want to. Timothy, you know the story. Paul told Timothy, Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach's sake. Timothy had a stomach problem. And Paul said, take a little wine for medicinal purposes for your stomach's sake. Paul the apostle, he said, God, heal me. Heal me. Heal me. A messenger of Satan had been sent to buffet him. And he said, God, heal me. Heal me. Three times he asked and God said, no. Now, listen, no in the Greek language means no, and that's all no means. No. And then Paul says, oh, I get it. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. And God doesn't heal everyone. It doesn't mean if they're not healed that they're sin in their life or they lack great faith. It doesn't mean that. God is God. Theology 101. God is God, and you're not him. Amen. If you can learn that, you got the Bible down pat. Okay. God is God. He chooses to heal. And then, and then, and then, and then Fanny Crosby, she was born and then she went blind. And Fanny Crosby, she accepted that blindness and she wrote some of the most amazing songs of which we've been singing in the church for a hundred years. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste is glory divine. And Joni Erickson Tata, she was paralyzed. Godly, great godly woman. 
I've been praying for God to heal my back for 15 years. He hasn't done it yet. And he may never. But God says, I'll always provide you grace. I don't promise you anything in this life. I'm not, I, I'm not, I, I'm not a God who, who, is, who can be boxed in, and, and, and I don't promise you healing. I offer healing as I choose to give healing. But even if God doesn't ever heal me, when I die, listen, death is the ultimate healing. You know, we should pray for people and say, Lord, kill them. That'd be a novel. They'd be like, okay. You're wacko, okay. You see? It's God. It's God. It's God. It's God who does the work. And we need to trust him in this area of healing. God does heal. God does touch. And God wants to touch all of us in areas. And listen, the natural body processes, that's healing. Get a cut, put a Band-Aid on it, two days later, take it off, you've been healed. You see, that's God. Because God created your body to heal itself. Medicine, that's healing. You see, God gave people wisdom and knowledge so that they could make Advil. You see, and then you had a headache. Now, don't misunderstand me. I encourage you. If you got a headache, you should pray and ask the Lord to heal you first because God can do it. And when God does heal you kind of supernaturally, it's cool. It's like, oh, God did it. Okay, cool. I just saved myself $4.99 on a box of Advil. You see, God did it. Oh, all right. That's four bucks in my pocket. I can get me a combo meal. You see? But if not, you pray God doesn't heal you. Look, go take an Advil. Because when the Advil goes to work, you can thank God anyway because he allowed that Advil to work in you. Amen? So that's what God heals no matter what, whether it's supernaturally. It's called it's supernaturally natural. God heals. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1 800 293 0923. That's 1 800 293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.